0: Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are, it is our choices.
1: Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me on Jen Taylor Rerouting. My goal is that every guest becomes a friend, and I feel truly blessed to know the people that I've interviewed. If you want to know more information about me from being a guest on this show to my virtual assistant services for podcasters, or perhaps you want to be a published author, I have coaching and ghostwriting services for that. You can find everything that you want to know on jentaylor.net. Remember to give a shout out, share, like. Give me some feedback on all of my interviews. I'm happy to join in on a conversation with you. Have a great day. Today I'm very very happy to have Kristen Yuskolsky, and I I had to ask pronunciation like five times to get that right because I would have butchered it. Kristen, how are you?
0: Wonderful. How are you?
1: I'm awesome. I'm excited to be meeting with you. So. Um, it's kind of 50, 50 split half the time. I know the person I'm interviewing or I've met them or I have some connection and half the time I don't, but we actually know each other.
0: Yes, we do. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs> and then I stalked you. Uh, Perfect. So we met because a really good friend of mine who was actually my book editor had someone else tell her to go to your place because she's a very high stress individual. And you were supposed to be the answer to her anxiety and stress. So tell me what you do and um, all about that and why you were the answer to her stress and anxiety.
0: Sure. Well, did your friend chill out a little after she met me? Yeah. Good. She did. She's all about it. She's all about the Kava. Okay. <laughs> so. That's how we met. Um, I have a Kava bar and a holistic wellness business located in downtown Reno. In West Street Market, and um, kava is a magical root from the South Pacific, it's been used for over 3,000 years as a way to um bring people together, uh, it calms the central nervous system, so it just like relaxes you and helps you kind of become your fullest self really subtly. And I went and tried it,
1: it's a very unique, you do it, I mean, you do some things non-traditionally but you do the traditional drinking of the kava also and so we did all that whole experience which was really fun the bummer is that you got you got a glass bottle and you put kava powder in it and i brought it home to start slipping it i'm going to slip the kava in all my family's nice food and stuff and the jar fell off the counter and it broke and i literally i was like in tears. Oh, well, you can
0: get some more. And- I know I have a source. <laughs> okay. And I also am selling online now. I have an online store for kava, easy to prep kava and kava tinctures and kava cheese. Awesome. So how do people find that? Um, It's at soulkava.com right now is the only place um, that's the storefront. So, and then can we come in to to your business Oh yeah and then also like if you're in reno you can come in and get some of the products you can drink them there or take them home to enjoy i did both and how was it
1: oh i loved it i mean i i think i'm a high energy person but i'm a very low stress uh very low anxiety person so for me i think that i like the sense of community um and the ritual behind it and the meaning. And, um, the fact that, I mean, anything that helps you de-stress is great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, different than my friend who's very high anxiety and really wants it for those more medicinal benefits. But I have a couple of kids that are higher anxiety. So yeah, I, I love learning about all that in the culture and that's kind of brought you has, which came first for you because it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. So there's more meditation, spirituality. Can you talk a little bit about which came first for you and how you came upon this?
0: Um, how I came upon Kava? Yeah. And do opening up the business? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, I've always been like really drawn to um, traditions from other cultures. Um, just... I'm, personally I just think it's really beautiful the way that like I see people unite with a sense of community and especially when they've been doing something that's been used for like thousands of years so there's like this romanticism in that that I'm like really attracted to I just like I feel like it's something that works and it's something that makes people feel good whatever it is whether it's kava or whether it's like you know, Moringa or something else. It's like something that's been used for a long time. Like that makes me feel safe about using it. Um, because I have had a real struggle in my life with food and functional foods and how they make my body feel. And so there's a part of me that's drawn to something that I know, like I almost feel like it's safe because it's been used for a long time.
1: So how did you stumble across it did were, did you study a lot of different things?
0: Yeah, so I studied um as a holistic chef and um a health coach and so I have a real interest in functional foods um and that's because I I really needed them to heal my own body. I uh had a really serious brain surgery as a teenager. And I really had a lot of stress in my body. So a lot of times people think of stress, they think of stressful situations. But for me, it was more like um, if my brain isn't sending messages to other parts of my body, like it's not getting received in the right way, that's internal stress. Your body's working harder than it has to to function. And so once I kind of learned about um, foods that would help, and exercises that would help. Things started coming together. So kind of went on this journey to learn as much as I could um, for self-help. I love that. So
1: let's jump back and talk about the brain surgery. Was that the the let's talk about the struggles in life that you've had? So you can touch upon others that happened before that or start with that, however, you kind of want to jump around, but let's talk about that what led up to the brain surgery, all of that? Sure. So um,
0: I had, I basically like, had, you know, like grew up. I feel like I had a great kind of life until I fell snowboarding when I was in eighth grade and I um, got a really bad concussion. And then A couple of months after that, I fell again playing ice hockey. I was an ice hockey player and I got another concussion. And after that, I started feeling really dizzy all the time. That's what I thought. And um, I remember one time I was standing in my parents' kitchen and I was trying to walk across the kitchen and all of a sudden I fell. Like I couldn't walk a straight line. And they're like, what just happened? And I'm like, I told you guys, that's been happening, like, all the time. Like, I'm getting dizzy. And, like, that's just how I described it because I didn't know how else to describe it. But it turns out there were small seizures where I would completely lose control of the right side of my body and I would fall.
1: Holy cow. So, man, I've had three concussions. So, I always tell people that explains a lot about me. But,
0: <laughs> and, yeah, and, like, that's what I think explains a lot about me. Like, I've had a lot of seizures. Like, I live like, three years, basically, in a constant state of seizures. So people think I'm flighty or my ideas are out there. Like, yeah, <laughs> they are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you went to the doctor, obviously. Parents brought you to the doctor to see what yeah. was going on. Because that would be how you would, you wouldn't be able to describe it any other way, right, other than getting dizzy. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea. So then what was the surgery Tell me? Holy cow, because that's, that's like shocking. That's a blow.
0: Yeah, so um, it actually took like over a year for the doctors to figure out that I had a brain tumor. Like I went to every kind of doctor. I feel like I had blood sugar tests and heart tests and all kinds of stuff just to figure out what was going on with me. And then um, I remember I was in my, the cardiologist's office getting a test, like test results back. And he says to my mom, did you ever get that head scan back? Like, how was her MRI? And my mom's like, no, we didn't get the results. We're not really worried about it. And so he calls to the other department. And, like, he just went white. Like, I remember sitting in this room and I was like, fuck. Like, I'm a little kid and I'm like, fuck, something is wrong with me. And my mom starts crying, looking at his face. And like, that's, you know, like your whole life changes after that.
1: So the department just never followed through or what the hell? I think
0: it, we had just gotten the test like a week before or something. Oh. And, you know, it was like one of those things probably also as a parent, you, I mean, something's wrong with your brain. You don't really want that to be like the problem with your child. So you might not be so ready to call and get those test results.
1: Okay. So you find out you have a brain. This is like massively life changing. Yes. In that moment. So you found out and then what was the process going, moving forward from there?
0: I remember immediately they were like, she can't play sports anymore. Like she, that was my biggest thing was they were like, she has to stop all physical activity. Like nothing done because physical activity is a form of stress on the body and they realized that any kind of like stress was causing me to have seizures so from there i mean they basically like had me change my entire life and put me on a bunch of medication it was like a t- probably year and a half long process of just testing medicines it was
1: it is a stress on your body
0: Yeah. It was pretty much hell. Yeah. And I like, I couldn't really function. I was tired all the time. I gained a ton of weight. I couldn't poop (laughs) like big deal (laughs) was like always in pain and always having seizures. And I like my little brother was my babysitter. It could not be left alone.
1: Holy cow. So you're a couple, are you in high school by this time? How
0: much time has passed? Yeah, it was like uh, my freshman year in high school, like right around like eighth grade, ninth grade. Okay. So, and you're very, you're very
1: athletic. You were all about sports.
0: I was. I like owned my sport. I loved it.
1: Right. That's devastating at that age. It's a devastating amount. I could hear that right now and I'd be pissed. So... (gasps) So medications didn't work. At what point did they decide surgery was a good option?
0: Oh well, the thing is, they didn't know like whether the cancer was or the the tumor was cancerous or not. So that was a big deal because it was the tumor was located really deep inside my brain, and they couldn't tell from the scans. And then they couldn't really find anyone at first. We couldn't who was willing to operate because they just were kind of like it seems like this is the only way to like have you stop having seizures is to take out this tumor, but you're probably going to be a vegetable. And like, no one really wanted to take the risk. And then, I don't know, my family and I traveled around the country to see a bunch of different doctors. And finally we did find one. And it was kind of up to me and they were like, you can live like this or you can take the risk. We're not making the decision for you. I mean,
1: holy cow, good for your parents for spending, not that you'd think, well, any parent would try to find something, but traveling around the country to find a doctor, you want to do everything you can for your child, but still, you know, you have to work, you have to make money, you're, there's yeah. an issue with insurance or coverage, or, I mean, like, there's so many different pieces to that, that kudos to them for doing yeah. that, and so your decision was? To have
0: the surgery. Yeah, they were incredibly supportive.
1: And good for them for asking you to at least help make, I mean, they would have supported you no matter what, but make let you be part of that decision. Yeah. that That's tough. As a mom of teenagers in high school, that's super tough. So that's amazing. So where did you have the surgery? When? Tell me all about that and the recovery and what the tumor was like.
0: Um, so I had the surgery actually at Children's Hospital in Detroit. Um, we ended up finding a lady who was there who wanted to do the surgery, and I don't really remember much about it or the recovery. Like, kind of blocked it all out. I remember like going every day with my mom to this like center. It was like this old church turned into a therapy center and we would just be there all day long like speech therapy and physical therapy and, and i know just remember everything was a struggle like i couldn't feed myself i couldn't feel temperatures i was constantly just hurting myself anytime i tried to like stand up or move
1: what did they find in the surgery
0: um the, the cancer the tumor was not cancerous but I don't know. They just removed the tumor. Okay. Like what was making me have seizures. So no seizures. One of those things that like I didn't actually, it's, I feel like I should know more, but I, I like, I haven't wanted to know more. Like it's just too tough to deal with really until now. So you just made the
1: decision to do it and then you wanted to move in a forward direction. You didn't want all, you knew that it wasn't malignant. That's great. Like that's awesome. No cancer is awesome. Right and they got it all in the surgery right and no seizures after that no so you've never had another seizure since no no grow back no residual issues from that uh lots residual
0: issues but no grow back
1: not from the that, not from the actual tumor of the surgery i mean i know you had to rehabilitate afterwards i'm talking about anything medical other than the rehabilitation yeah, no. Okay. So, I mean, those are all good things, but then you have this huge rehabilitation.
0: hmm
1: So, did, how did that feel as a teenage kid who's trying to relearn everything?
0: Really tough and really isolating. Incredibly isolating. You know, part of it was, like, you have to find the strength just to, like, you know, stand up or feed yourself. But then there's also, like, blocking out, like, how bad that hurts. You know, that's kind of what I did was I just, like, I tried to be strong instead of, like, really feeling into, like, how tough it was. And I just wanted to be, like, normal, you know, like, my whole family. Like, we all just wanted to, like, go back to, like, being a happy family.
1: And you probably felt a lot of pressure from that, even though you weren't doing anything wrong or intentional. Yeah. So how, did you ever have thoughts like, how soon can I do a sport?
0: No, I mean, I was pretty much told that, like, I um, wouldn't be able to play, you know, because it was like, I was, I mean, I was really scared, super scared after the surgery of, like, what's going to happen if I hit my head again? Like, what, I I remember, like, going to, like, sporting events, and I think, like, if someone hits a baseball and it comes and hits my head like what if I have a seizure again like it was just so much fear of like what if I do something to have another seizure and then there was also the aspect of like I mean it's so uncoordinated that like I would never want to be on a team and be the worst person you don't want to go from being like the best at your sport to being the worst (laughs)
1: <laughs> that sucks I like,
0: right? this, no more team sports <laughs> right
1: well I, I mean if you're dealing with things like feeding yourself and walking and not hurting yourself that's I see I see you as a person that I know now and I think that you're strong and resilient and you you would forge ahead But this is you then, and it's interesting, I may see you in one way that you don't see yourself, and I don't know that, because we don't generally go up to people and say, hi, this is how I see you. (laughs) Right. But do tell me if you agree, you know, we don't have, (laughs) we might actually have that conversation, but we haven't. So, I mean, I see you now as someone who gets through things, but I didn't see you when you had to learn how to walk again, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know that that you. So uh you're not thinking about sports or anything and you just want to get back to being normal. When did was there a point that you felt that way? Like you were a normal family again.
0: Um I don't think that ever happened. I don't think I started feeling normal until I was like 28. I mean I used to fall down so many times in a day that it wasn't until like I had a personal trainer who helped me learn more about functional foods that I felt like, whoa, something just clicked in my body. Like, yeah, part of it was my brain needed time to heal, but the other part was, wow, like I could be using tools to help, my, to, to help like my body function more efficiently.
1: Okay, so that's a – I really want to segue into that and, and go into that. So I can't imagine how frustrating it was. It,
0: was just, it didn't even frustrate me to a point. It, you know what? It was more like other people that I was around were frustrated. Like, and that was really hard for me to deal with. Like your best friends are like making fun of you or embarrassed. Cause you're like going out and you're falling down the street over and over. And it's like, no, I can't help this. Like, My body's tired, and, like, my one side of my body gives out. You know, we're like, I stumble. I was stumbling all the time, and I'm all bloody, and sorry that's me. Like, deal with it. You know, it doesn't bother me, but you shouldn't be embarrassed by it when you're around me. It's tough.
1: Yeah. Now, did you go to college, move out of the house? What else was going on in your life between – high school when this happened we're talking about like a 12 to 14 year span here yeah. so you were about 28 kind of um, that there
0: so i actually like i did go to college like i went to michigan state like i was lucky that like actually like my mental kind of like functioning was fine but like my concentration was off it was it was really just like you know the physical side wasn't there and also just like the focus the the concentration and the anxiety were just through the roof, like, hard to deal with. But I went to Michigan State, and, you know, I don't really remember much of it, but it was fun, and I don't know how much of that was, like, partying too much or brain healing or what.
1: I mean, I would just want to give you shit. Every every time something happens, you're like, no, it's her brain. Really, it's just, it's just Kristen's brain. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. I mean... You- The good news is out of all this, you have a great excuse. Anytime anything goes wonky, (laughs) you're you can be like, it's my brain. It's just my brain. (laughs) So you, what did you, did you get your degree? What did you study at that point?
0: Um, I studied advertising.
1: (laughs) Like I don't see, well, I know I do see that because you have your own business. Right. But like, I don't see you in a corporate desk job because I don't know you that way. Yeah, I've definitely done it, and I, you know, was good at it. Yeah. Okay, so what was the process to find a trainer? Were,
0: were well, actually, you... I always had a trainer since I was, like, since the surgery, even before the surgery, um... You know, when I was, like, still having seizures before my doctors told me I couldn't play sports, my my dad especially was, like, incredibly supportive and in pushing me to just keep working through it because we didn't know what was going on. And so, like, I had a one-on-one trainer as, like, you know, a 12-, 13-year-old kid helping me with my sport. Um, so then I, I think I got one pretty much right again after the surgery. Like, you know, I did physical therapy, but then I just worked one-on-one with someone And then I worked with different people, like, in college and after. But it wasn't until I had this, like, amazing Brazilian lady who really kind of stepped up the game and the healing.
1: Because most trainers are looking at the physical aspect of it. And, I mean, with, I think with any sport, it's 80% diet, at least. Mm-hmm. But I, I think even though they get nutrition training, there's kind of a disconnect in my experience, there's, when you have a personal trainer, there's a disconnect and they're not looking at the whole situation holistically. What's your diet? What's your stress? What's your schedule? What there's so much that goes into your life that plays a significant part in your physical. Um, but diet's huge. So what did, what did she do and how did she figure it out? or put the pieces together.
0: So I, th- I like t- totally agree with you on like the holistic approach. And I think like the difference between her and other people I had worked with was that she was Brazilian. And so she's from a culture where she's used to eating more true natural foods. And so it was just, you know, her, her nature to be like, hey, this food that has this benefit and this food has this benefit and it just like opened my eyes so that
1: resonated with you and you wanted to learn more exactly did you what was the first thing that you tried using that started where you could actually feel a physical difference in your body do you remember like a certain food or a certain
0: i think it was mainly even just so it was like I had always been, like, like hyper-concerned about my weight. And so I had eaten a lot of, like, processed foods that were, like, not too probably nutritious, but they were, like, advertised as being, you know, like, healthy or, you know, just good for, like, keeping you thin, essentially. So that worked, but then with her, it was more like, here's, like, whole true food recipes. And I ate them and I felt different and I had more energy and, you know, like my coordination started getting better and my strength. Like I always had like, you know, like there was a difference in the amount of weight that I could lift from one side of the body to the other, but like all of a sudden it started balancing out and it just, you know, just opened my eyes. You know, I was like, you know, putting all these chemicals into my body with processed foods that's, takes more energy, like, that's not good for your body, and it's also, like, especially when I'm already in a situation where, like, my brain's having difficulty sending the right signals to the right spots, why am I going to overcomplicate that process?
1: That is so cool, But, but, and I, but I love that stuff, so I always, I don't have a perfect diet, but we've always had a pretty good diet and i had to learn it on my own too i we grew up eating very unhealthy and i just knew it wasn't right but just because you know something's wrong doesn't mean you have any idea what's right so it's definitely a continuing journey
0: so i think it's a lifelong journey right yeah
1: well Well, you learn about new things you hear about new things the world's a lot smaller now with the internet where 30 years ago i couldn't get on google and search something um but I know when I eat something that's more processed or less healthy for me, I describe it as feeling sludgy, Mm -hmm. right? And so I've never had a brain surgery, but I understand that when I eat something that my body doesn't really want, I feel sludgy. So then take that and imagine what it would be like if you'd had a brain surgery and you're like, you're totally right. I mean, I can't even imagine you're confusing the shit out of everything yeah um and so did you, did you was it difficult for yeah. you to switch your diet
0: go ahead It was difficult yeah it was super I mean of course it was super difficult I think it's difficult for every single person like to change their diet um but I it was just like one of those things like the more I felt better the more I was dedicated to it and also I felt like um you know I had supportive people around me you know where I was like sharing my improvements and they were like making sure that I stuck to it. Like especially my dad, who chat all the time and he'd be like, you know, what are you eating today, babe? And I'd tell him and then like the next day he'd be like, What'd you eat today? And he'd be like, you know, you're you're starting to like really like achieve your goals because you're like continuing to monitor what you eat. You know, and even though he didn't really do it himself or like, you know, he he really encouraged me
1: and that's and it helps to have support um it so this reminds me of a couple things i have a son who's an adult now but he's autistic and if he eats a candy bar it's like me doing cocaine so i mean like that's how his brain works differently because he's autistic so when we went to like the autism specialty testing training center you know i just knew that i had this kid that responded differently to food but i didn't understand how he was responding, and we ain't really healthy, so it wasn't this massive issue. But I, I knew it was different. I just didn't know how. And when we went and we did all this testing and stuff, they're like, if if you all if you got up and did some cocaine right now, which I've you've never done, right? That's him eating that sugar, that processed stuff that's sugar. It's his. That's how his brain is reacting. I was like, holy shit, you know? Well, I'm not gonna go do a line of coke. So why am I gonna hand this kid a candy bar? Yeah. So I think all of us, you can have a hundred people that have never had any specific issue with their brain and we all respond differently. And then you have people that do have issues where you had the surgery and the tumor or he's autistic, but there's something that clicks differently in that person's brain. And then you have a whole another set of obstacles and issues to get past. Would you agree with that?
0: Totally. you know, and I, like, I've taken it, like, further in my own understanding of where it's, like, mine started with the brain surgery, but, like, everyone has something. Everyone has some kind of healing that their body is going through, whether it's, like, an emotional pain or a knee surgery or whatever. But it really just heightened my awareness to, like, hey, if we, like, help our bodies, to do their, like, normal essential functions, like, easily, we're going to thrive. Like, it's going to help us achieve our goals, like, be better friends and lovers and mothers and brothers and sisters and everything.
1: Yeah. So that took you down. You're, you're kind of voracious for information. You love to learn stuff in my opinion, right. (laughs) Bing bing, bing, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, you're totally voracious in-
0: Totally nerdy.
1: But in a really good way. I mean, um, I'm the same way. So you want to learn about it. And, but you, I could have gone to a physical trainer who said, eat this diet and wrote it out for me. And I could have gone and done it. Or I could have learned why. And that's a, there's a difference. And you want to know why. So this took you down kind of a different path so what did you start looking into and studying like everything basically
0: um yeah so I think that I just started making sure that I was eating really um true foods and you know also um I just started I was married to a man from Turkey and I started really paying attention to how everything that he cooked or that he made for us was all like whole foods too. And I felt like super good after that. And it really took me into this dive of like these cultures that are like so old, they only eat real true foods. So then I just really wanted to learn about, you know, what different cultures use for what benefits, you know, it's like ancient Chinese medicine or like, I don't know, Moringa from Africa or Kava from the Polynesians.
1: I love the Chinese. I, I do this thing whenever anybody gets a cold when you're sick. It's this Chinese thing where you take cotton socks and you run them under cold water. and You squeeze it out and you put them on your feet and then you put a pair of wool socks over them and you go to bed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, you know what? It's, just, it's this... Ancient, old, they probably didn't use, they used cotton, well, some sort of cotton, they used wool, but you know, where you have a thinner, lighter pair that's wet and cold and you put it on when you have a cold and when you wake up in the morning, they're dry. They've dried out during the night and it's supposed to draw the sickness from your body. Makes sense. Right? Okay. So my thing is, well, you can't prove that it doesn't work. (laughs) It's not hurting anything by doing it. And what if it, what if it is helping? So I don't care if people think, I mean, there's just, I, I, it's the same sort of thing. And I always want to learn more little things like that. Well, what are other little tricks like that? What do other people yeah. do? And you've taken it to a higher level than I have. And so is that part of what led you to open the business, the Kava Bar? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's a, uh,
0: you know, like just sharing. Because, you know, we have kava, which relaxes you, and then you kind of come, and you get this social aspect, and you chill out, and then you kind of realize that maybe the whole menu is things you've never heard of before, and you start asking questions, and you start trying them, and then you come back the next week, and you're like, wow, I felt really damn good when I left here. What did I have?
1: (laughs) um well I went with like three people and I came with a couple kids I mean I've been several times and every time I'm like no my question is what is not on the menu that you have behind the bar like surprise (laughs) me make some concoction and you always do you're like oh I've got something
0: (laughs) (laughs) my favorite thing in life I think
1: (laughs) well mine too because the menu is really great and cool and groovy and all that stuff but I'm like I love doing the Kava, the whole ritual first. And then like, what else are we going to break out today? You know? So how, how has the business grown or change? How's it evolving?
0: Um, so how is it evolving? So I think like, it's really like kava's a new thing, um, for this community in Reno. Um, well, I should say new in the sense that we didn't have a Kava bar. Um, what's cool about it is people are starting to, it's like. We're starting to get a lot more people coming, but just by word of mouth. Recently, we've been having some Tongans and other people who traditionally use kava as part of their culture come and hang out, which is amazing and makes me feel really good. Um, And then, you know, we've done the online store. So we're starting to sell kava across the U.S. And... I mean, I guess it's like I'm. I'm really focused on like slow, organic growth. I want to make sure that everyone who comes has a good experience, and we're like ready to, you know, always be there to serve the customers that we have before trying to get way too many. Yeah. So I mean, we're gro- we're growing, and it feels great.
1: Um. So I know I should do my next date there.
0: Yeah, you should. I know. I should. It's a great date spot. We get a lot of dates.
1: Yeah, it would be. Well, it is. It's a fun spot no matter what. It's a great spot. So the location is awesome, but it's. I mean, I know what I like because I'm voracious for information too, in a slightly different way than you are. But I like that every time I go there, I know I'm going to walk away and I've learned something. Nice. Like who? Who goes to get a drink? at a tea shop and walks away feeling like they learned something that was valuable in their life, you know? So I love that about your place. Um, and, and I want to ask a question. You're, you've are you mentioned how supportive your family is and then um, the physical therapist that you had that was the most, I mean, they, they all my, I'm not physical therapist, a the personal trainer. All my personal trainers have had a benefit. I've learned something and they've been good, but they all haven't been a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um but you had one that was a really great fit. So it sounds to me like the support was super important to you. Is that what kind of got you through everything? Let's can we talk a little bit about what got you through all sure. the seizures and stuff? Talk to me about
0: that. Yeah, I think it, um it really was just like you know, my whole family, my parents and my brothers really being there for me. Um I would say, you know, like, friends and family friends, extended family. Have Yeah, I've been really blessed with, like, always being in a very supportive environment. Whether I cho- choose to view it like that all the time is probably not true. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, now I can see that they were very supportive.
1: Well, and I mean, we're not all perfect all the time. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I was f- focused a lot of uh, on the isolation. Like, I felt really, really isolated. Because um, I felt like, you know, no one else knew what I was going through. And I just had to be, like, this strong person and not really, like, share how scared I was all the time. But I think just, you know, be, like, being in a place where I was allowed to, like, be a kid and just grow up and, like, have, you know, a lot of privilege was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, well don't I, everybody wishes for just that, you know? Like because I feel like in your business now, you're trying, you're succeeding, but your goal is to make people feel that same level or better of support that you felt when you were going through tough stuff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's I think I want to hold space for people and let them feel comfortable sharing, you know, sharing things that like, sometimes they're scared to share, like really like be open and be vulnerable with who they are and feel a safe space to be that. Because I feel like it's only when you kind of like deal with your own insecurities and you let yourself be vulnerable that you can really move past that and like get to a better self
1: totally agree. And, um, so how is the, how are you bringing that to the online space? I love that you're not trying to grow too fast and not meet the needs of everyone. I, that's so, that, that's so rare. (laughs) That's so rare in a business model. You know, um, most people just want to grow and make money. And I love that you're saying, no, we need to be slower and make sure the needs of the people are being met how do you how are you translating that to the online world and what kind of experience has that been
0: so we're just kind of getting it ramped up but what we're doing is um first of all we're providing like we're selling products right but we're also providing services so we have a whole list of like you know there's like online personal training that you can do there's transformation coaching there's breath work there's detoxing so I'm trying to show people, like, holistically how to deal with stress and anxiety. Like, Kava's one tool, but there's many tools. Um, And then also, you know, we're, like, just doing simple things, like sharing recipes and little daily tips. And, you know, I'm I'm like, yeah, of course I have a Kava business, and I want to sell Kava. Like, I need to sell Kava, but I want to make sure that people know, like, you really want to help them out. There's a lot. We're not saying like there's one solution for everything.
1: How open are people with you? Because I know I'm a pretty open personality, but I'm only open with the parts of me that I want you to see. So, even as like a gregarious extrovert that overshares, I I breast my cards to some degree. But <laughs> I know I uh, I had heard a lot about your place before this before I went. Um, So I went in and I was like, I'm going to tell you all the shit that's happened in my life and you're going to tell me how to fix it. And it wasn't quite that dynamic, but people must really open up. It may take a little while, but people must open up. So what are some stories that you've, what are things that you've gotten to help people get past? You're like, you're like the, uh, unlicensed therapist. You know, you're like the Kava therapist
0: Sarah. Kava tender. Um, well, like, well, the kava helps people relax, right? So then they're in more, of like, space of sharing, but also, like, it helps me relax. And, like, I have – right now I work really hard to maintain, like, like a, my own, like, sense of self and my own sense of, like, listening. So I feel like I'm really intuitive when people come to the bar. And so a lot, there's a lot of things that are – Unsaid that I can like pick up on, and I try to help the person feel comfortable sharing or not sharing, or I might like lead the conversation in a direction that makes them feel accepted for something that they're not saying out loud but that's clear. You know, it's just you know, kind of my way of like helping others.
1: Yeah, I love it, it's a very interesting vibe and environment, it's really cool. So uh, what are you doing to work on yourself so what am I doing everything because <laughs> you so, just want to be in this like mindset right to be receiving to other people yeah but you exactly. have to work on yourself
0: so um you know I've done like I probably spent the past like six months doing a lot of detoxing which some people you know that they find that like intimidating phrase but what i've really been doing is working on like cleaning out my body of old toxins and traumas and you know like every experience and every memory that we have is stored in our body so a lot of the times that's things that are negative um the positive as well, but like the most positive moments that we have we also often like don't remember because we're so in the moment, so we like hold on to these old ones so I've been really working on you know just like a green diet and like using different kinds of foods and fasting to clean out my body and then I've been doing um I'm in a course right now called Alchemy of Breath and it's a year long breath work training where it's essentially rebirthing so it's really been helping me to learn to listen to my body, learn to figure out, like, what my, you know, what shapes my thought process is, what agitates me, and just, like, trying to stay balanced. I need- Of course, like, workout, diet, every right. day. And, and you know what? Forgiveness and compassion.
1: Two big ones, hard ones, huh? Yeah,
0: the best ones, really. Right.
1: I didn't care about breath work until maybe six months ago and how that escaped me. I'm like with the World Wide Web and all the people that I surround myself with, how did that never even that was never even peripheral for me? I just didn't know anything about it. And so that's a new learning thing, and that's really interesting. So um I love that stuff. It. I'm never not going to be voracious about information. And I don't think, I think self-help in the U.S. especially, we have so many dichotomies, you know, like we have a hundred percent airbrushed models on every magazine, but we're the most obese society. Right. I just, there's so many things. I just don't understand the disconnect. And Um, we have this pressure to look good all the time, but we have more fast food on every corner. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's, it doesn't, it's a complete contradiction. And so, um, and kind of, you don't know what you don't know. So I didn't know to ask questions about breathing because I never knew that there was a question to ask, but that's, I I don't think self-help, it shouldn't be something that you're, where you're spoiling yourself or you're being selfish. Like it's a
0: negative thing.
1: Self-help should be part of your everyday ritual because you're important and you value yourself.
0: Exactly. And it's like, if you want to be your fullest self, it's how you're going to help other people and like contribute to the world that you live in. a lot of people, I think like, they just don't get that they're on the grind and they're going so fast and they don't have time to cook and they, they don't have time to work out or they don't have time to stop and write in a journal for five minutes. But it's like, how do you even know, like, what you're doing in your life?
1: I don't think they do.
0: Just robots.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And we do have time. We all have the same 24 hours. In every day in the same seven days and we all have the same time but it's definitely how we divide the pie mm-hmm. you know and so not that not that I'm in a place of perfectness where <laughs> but it's I still am aware that I could spend my time differently if I so chose but you have to choose and it's hard right and you're talking about forgiveness and compassion which are difficult for us to do. And it means like looking in the mirror at our own shit. It's tough. It's tough. Right. So you have this space for people. So another thing I want to ask you is what other places in Reno or online are you like, how has this opened up other people's businesses where you maybe collaborate a little bit?
0: So I'm just getting started on that part, actually. Um, So, you know, there's a couple of gyms in town that um, we're starting to work out deals where we'll give like free kava if someone takes a class there um, because kava helps with like muscle tension and muscle soreness. Um, I've been working with a couple of coaches and I've been sending clients their way, um, who do like transformation coaching or cleansing. Uh, I don't know. It's, that's all kind of just like, it's just getting started. Like, I don't really know where it's going to go.
1: What was the, there was a series or something that happened this summer, a workshop. Um, I'm trying to remember, I remember you sending me the information on it.
0: Oh, so that was with the breathwork practitioners. Okay. Yeah, so um, we had some people come in from Europe this summer um, to teach breathwork, and it was amazing. And now, I mean, I'm in a course with them right now, but they also do online sessions every Sunday Sunday. Um, for anyone on the west coast, it's at 10 a.m. and it's just a webinar. And you log in, like people log in from all over the world, and they breathe together for 30 minutes, and it's just amazing and intense. And you know, like for me, I owed up a couple years ago. I never would have stopped to make the time to like breathe for 30 minutes and do this webinar. But like, I'm achieving my goals because I'm doing this. I see, I'm happier. I'm smiling every day. I feel good. I'm aware of what I want my next steps to be because I'm taking this time. And so I encourage everyone to do it.
1: Well, it's like cold. it's like wet socks, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. So what if you tried it and it made it better?
0: You know, exactly. well, and it's cool to think too, like everybody needs oxygen. It's free and it's out there and all we have to do is like allow ourselves to bring it into our body and nourish.
1: How does it tie into meditation?
0: Um, well, the breath work, I mean, it's, it is like a form of meditation. Um, I think they're both like you stop and you calm and you focus on one thing for like an hour or you just focus on listening to yourself and what you want? There's like lots of different forms of breath work. The kind that I'm particularly focused on is like uh, it's rebirthing, so it's letting go of you know all your old stuff to make room for new. And I think a lot of meditation is really focused on like what you want to bring in or what you want to get rid of.
1: Right. So tell me because you said you had a lot of anxiety when you were 28, and a lot of you were falling down when you were walking. So What is it like now, and what's the time frame? Nobody can see you and knows how old you are now.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm 34, and it's been, I don't know, like, my anxiety is under control. The kava's helped a lot. Um, I don't fall, really, anymore at all yeah like I work on my physical strength every day I work on my coordination I do yoga
1: so those are all things that helped you be successful in this in the struggle that you were going through it's just working on yourself every day in certain areas
0: yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is, like, anytime we have, a, like, a goal, we have to be patient with ourselves, and we have to forgive ourselves, and we have to be compassionate. And, you know, like, if I decide to eat, like, a bunch of processed foods, like, okay, I'm going to feel shitty for a couple of days, but I'm going to have to go back. Like, you know, I don't work out. I get off the strength training. I forget about yoga. You got to come, like, I got to come back to it. We all do.
1: Right and then just slowly over time you saw such an improvement in yourself. Yes. So where how do you feel about your life and your direction and where you're at now compared to when you were 14 or 28?
0: It's really I'm in really an exciting time. Cuz I feel like I'm actually doing the self-care and I'm seeing there were like amazing results and i'm not just doing the self care like i get a lot of benefit from having soul from working there and making the time to connect with other people every
1: day and you've kind of just made sure you've surrounded yourself with the knowledge and support and the people and the situations that you automatically get the most benefit from
0: yeah consciously right consciously. No negative people like people ask me all the time do you have to kick people out of the Kava bar and I'm like no like the only people that I have to kick out are the ones who show up drunk like we are there we're sober we're having conscious conversation we're making new friends like that's the environment that's really like helping me propel myself forward right and I think like everyone who comes there feels the same
1: I think what a lot of people don't do is they kind of get the clutter out of their lives and that can sometimes be physical, but it can a lot of times be emotional and it can be personalities. Compound interest works in lots of different ways for or against you in the friends that you have and the, you know, the negative self-talk and the lack of self-care or, or not or good self-care and you have made a conscious effort to make compound interest work for you. Yeah. And that's been a huge help to you. What about relationships?
0: I feel like, uh, with friends, they're getting better. You know, like, to be honest, like, I had to really work through my, like, relationship with myself. And so, you know, I've had, like, great friends, family, boyfriends, like, I've always had stuff around me, but it hasn't been as fulfilling as it is now because I feel like I finally am looking at myself in the mirror for who I really am and doing this work. And now that's getting better. And I'm really like feeling the beauty of everyone around me, which before I, I couldn't really feel because I, I didn't let myself feel it. Right. Right. So
1: that's kind of what I wanted you to touch on. That's what I wanted you to tell me. (laughs) Because I know through some of our conversations and stuff, you know, relationships are hard. And sometimes it's the person, the other person. And sometimes it's us. And sometimes it's just a combination. It's not that there's even negativity. it's It's just a lack of something that could be there that's not.
0: Yeah. I think for the longest time, I just had a big fear. You know, I've got like a lot of fear and now I'm kind of like letting that go and I'm relaxing and I'm becoming comfortable with myself and feeling like, okay, I always used to feel like once I do this thing, then I'm going to be like, achieve the goal and everything's going to be perfect. And now I'm like, no, the goal is living life every day and being real every day And having forgiveness and compassion, I feel like I'm really starting to attract what I want in my life on a variety of levels.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. And we can wrap things up there because I like to end on a super positive note. I am so thankful you were willing to share your story. It's a very unique one. But regardless if I've had brain surgery or not, I can relate to the physical stress and the everything else everyone can relate to because you're right we all carry that stuff and so mm-hmm. i love that you have consciously made an effort and on yourself and on everything else in your life
0: thank you you're welcome thank you for having me on it was awesome yeah thank you
1: thank you so much for listening in to jen taylor rerouting like share and of course comment i welcome input with attitude get a copy of my book on amazon hello my name is warrior princess or check out my website jentaylor.net and if you still want more sign up for one of my coaching packages